So, you slept in. Hey, we're not judging. Sometimes you just need to get those Z's. And if you need to snooze, we'd rather you did it in your nice comfy bed with your down comforter than doing it in our pews. You can always catch up with the sermon later right here on this Sunday Morning Sleep-In podcast. Now, you're still going to miss out on things that we think are important. You're going to miss out on intergenerational community and the support and encouragement that comes along with that. You're going to miss out on inspiring music, and you're going to miss out on what is very important, of course, the cookies after service is over. Yum. However, we will give you what we can. I'm Susan Foster. And I'm Chris Marshall. And we're United Methodist Pastors in Reno, Nevada. We're not theological experts or perfect preachers, but we are your average pastors, helping our congregations think through life's big questions every week. We started this podcast, so if you're away from home or working or coaching your kid's soccer team, or maybe just sleeping in, you can keep up with some of the ideas floating around the church. So each episode is a conversational version of a sermon we gave on Sunday, or one of our friends gave. But so whatever day it is, when you're listening to this, snuggle up with your favorite onesie with a cup of coffee and receive this with an open mind and an open heart. A quick note, we encourage everybody to think for themselves, which means we don't expect you to agree with everything we say. And that's cool. Uh, If you'd like to share your thoughts with us, we'd love to hear from you. And we'll uh, give you some contact information at the end of the episode. But we do hope that whatever you think, you will use this opportunity to think. Um, And through that thinking, we'll experience the mysterious loving force in the world we know as God moving in your life. So, Susan. So, yes. This week, one of the lectionary texts is one of those ones that, that pastors like to skip. Cringeworthy. Cringeworthy. Yeah. A moment of self-justification. I did not skip the scripture this week. I know you didn't. But I had a substitute preacher who popped up at the last minute uh, because he was related to friends. So I'm not afraid. Right. You're not afraid. I'm not afraid. And and I did not skip the passage, but I did, um, didn't did run headlong at it, which is, I think, sometimes our, our first instinct in the passage is just going to dive in. Oh, I, that's me. Yeah. No. Um. But uh, this passage is one that, you know, has some some words that have been used to hurt people. Yes. um, And has some words that um, continue to hurt people when they're not given the tools to look at it in the big picture. Right. Broadly. That was one of the reasons I took the tack I did. But let me explain which passage we're talking about. Right. We're still in Matthew. We're still in Matthew. We're still in the Sermon on the Mount. We're in chapter 5. Chapter 5. And it's um, verses 21 to 37. And in there, they talk about all kinds of things. They talk about murder and adultery it's and like divorce. It's like the craziest, like, mishmash of stuff, and... right? So it has murder, calling people names. There's some worship etiquette, some courtroom advice. There's adultery. And then there's um, some weird talk about um, self-mutilation. Great. Right? So Let's it's... take out an eye or cut off a hand. Um, and then there's, like, this little breath. And then we talk about divorce and oaths. Yeah, so basically it's a really good movie, but uh-huh. not a great I'm not sermon. even sure it would be a great movie. It would be like a movie, like, I'm trying to think of who would have to direct it to make it a good movie. It'd have to be somebody Scorsese. Who does, right, like really choppy <laughs> style of some kind. Uh, Guy Ritchie. I, that's kind of what popped into my head, Guy yeah. Ritchie. So it's a bit confusing, and it's random, and oftentimes this passage has been used to say, no divorce. You know, to, to further the rules. Right. How's that? To make people feel um, inadequate who have had brokenness in their life and sort of to keep people in line. It can be very constricting. It can yeah. be very, very constricting. And it has this, this like, 
we've put some guilt into it and some some stuff we don't Chris and I don't really encourage in the practice of faith. Yeah, we, you know, shame is not helpful. It's not helpful. It's really, really not helpful. One of the commentators I read who happens to be a friend, he said, uh, there's two options for a pastor when they come to this text. Okay. The first one is try to explain it all. Okay. The second is to focus in on a smaller portion of it, Uh right? Which is the tract I'm going to take. And the third is just to avoid it altogether. To avoid it altogether. (laughs) Right. Yeah. And I'm I'm the over-explainer. I'm the let me explain every piece of this this. and why you should not take it personally all the time. (laughs) Right. So what I decided to do was actually sort of a combination of one and two. And that is we're going to focus on on two verses Mm -hmm. so that we might see the bigger picture of why Jesus is talking about this random assortment of stuff. Because it sort of feels like he'd written a sermon and then he had some scraps and he put the rest at the end. <laughs> well, we're not even at the end. We're at the beginning still. Right. That's what I mean. There's but two like, more chapters of sermon. Right. Exactly. But I'm like, it's like, these were the, the pieces that didn't fit anywhere else. Yeah. So we'll just stick them It here. just feels like that. The highlight verses I want you to think about are 23 and 24. And it says, so when you are leaving a gift at the altar, if you remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go. First be reconciled to your brother or sister and then come and offer your gift. That actually seems pretty sane. Sane. Yeah. Right? Well, because it, it doesn't let us get away with, well, I'm pure and righteous because I've done all the right rituals. It's not about that. Right. It also doesn't let us say, I've already gone to all this bother. And now I, I might as well finish this. Because I think I think that's something we don't, we don't really think about is that oftentimes that's actually how we operate. Well, I'm already here. So I'll just get this out of the way, way right. and then I'll forget to do the other, other thing that I was supposed, supposed to, do. to do. Right. Uh, and I'll do the surface, the visible, and not the deep. Right. Well, and this whole passage is really about relationships, mm-hmm. right? How mm-hmm. do you live into right relationships, relationships. with people? Yeah. And so it's really not about checking off a list. It really is about doing that hard work. The hard work, yeah. So the story I told on Sunday, the example maybe versus a story, it's really mm-hmm. an example. The flower service. Okay. So the flower service is an Appalachian mountain church tradition, primarily in small Baptist denominations. Just a very specific context, mm-hmm. right? And it's not Decoration Day, which is the day that people bring flowers for the graveyard. This is Flower Sunday, flower the flower service, where the people bring bouquets rough bouquets of flowers not arranged so like out of their backyards like out of their backyard wild flowers wild flowers and they bring them to church and they place them on the the table in front of the pulpit and i just picture this as like one of those picture those um baptist churches like we see in the movies where the the pulpit is central oh in the middle in the middle that's what i have in my head right okay and then the table is right there in the front so it's like that's what you're focused on Mm -hmm. um through that service and And the pastor gives a sermon on these two verses from Matthew 5, emphasizing the need for harmony and the need for peace between people and reminding people that Jesus admonishes us to be at peace with our neighbors. Right. And especially in the need to do that before we come before God. Like that there's sometimes the work we need to do is before we even get there. And so after the sermon, what happens is that a passing of the peace 
But it's not the kind of passing of the peace that our churches would do. Yeah. Very surface, right? High fives. High to the fives. Choir. Peace looks signs like the across league, the room. Looks like the little league game has just ended and everybody's saying, good game, good game, good game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally, totally. Only right? it's like, good worship, good worship, good well, worship. Or, or like at my church, we don't actually do a passing of the peace and it's intentional. Oh. Because we would never get back to worship. Yeah, your people are very chatty. Right? Like, we'd start hugging and people would be like, so how's it going? My people are almost happy to just sort of wave wave distantly to the person that they've been sitting next to in the pew for 30 years. <laughs> but but not all of them. Not, not all, all of them. them. There's also, we've got huggers and wooers. Yep, yep. I'm talking about you, Gary Ray. Yep, yep. And all of our people who like to go around and just make sure they've checked in with everybody. And... Right. So, but this passing of the peace that happens during the flower service is intentionally open-ended. So, so there's no time limit. There's no time limit. The idea of this time is that everyone comes and takes their bouquet from the table And then they go and they start being in right relationship. Not just being, but like having the conversation. Like, I'm sorry I did this. Yeah. Or, you know what? You did this and I felt like this. You know, and, just and get people, it all out there. Getting just, it out there, but getting it out there in that in that form that doesn't just—it's it, not confrontational. Well, it's not confrontational, and not—we're um, not holding on to it. We're ready to see if we can't find a, a new connection. When this is done for recognizing hurt feelings and apologizing for harsh words and and because we know that in the church, you know, there's always that's happened. People who are in church are not perfect. <gasps> I know we will disappoint you. Right. Um, they are people who just recognize the need for God's grace right. and are trying to do better. Yeah. But some of them are better at that than others. Right. And so and, there's and, always going to be those right. the times where you've stepped on each other and, and didn't mean to and. Exactly. So, so this time goes on until the oldest to the youngest have come into right relationship. And when after you've had that that conversation with someone, you exchange flowers, and then you move on to the next conversation. So when you're done, you have a whole new bouquet, a whole new bouquet of mixed flowers, flowers. rather than just the ones that you brought. Right. Right. You 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 create um, restoration mm-hmm. right right in front of you. Now this is a really can you imagine doing this? I'm picturing the movie Bernie right now, actually, in my head, which is not Appalachia, it's Texas. But it's this uh, movie about a funeral director who's constantly oh. navigating all of the relationships uh-huh, uh-huh. in his congregation. Yeah. And uh, and there's this one woman who's particularly cantankerous that nobody gets along with, but she's got tons of money. And so everybody just lets her be. And I'm just thinking, I'm picturing her in this setting. And mm. man, it would take a long time for everybody to be able to say that they'd had a good relationship sure. with her uh, to get all that stuff out. And I think that there's a lot of hesitancy for us around doing this because there's a lot of shame in admitting, like, you hurt me. Mm-hmm. Right. You, you know, hurt me. I gave I'm you the power. To that. I was, I, the, the quote I put on the front of the bulletin this week was um, something to the effect of, like, faith will require you to be vulnerable and open. Mm-hmm. Do it anyway. Yeah. And that's, I mean, this is a whole new sort of genre of pop psychology literature right now. Right. Like, I'm thinking Brené Brown and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. all of that kind of stuff. That's the really the power of vulnerability, of owning your stuff. Right. And the power of uh, not pretending to be perfect and just being who you are, that there is so much strength and courage in that. Yeah. And it's not something to be ashamed of. Yeah. It was really funny. I, when I was looking for a good quote for the top front of the bulletin. All of them were Brittany Brown. All of them were Brittany Brown. Right. Right. Yeah. So, and, I, and I enjoy her, but they're often a little too long for the front of the yeah, bulletin. Yeah. I mean, there's it's paragraphs and paragraphs yeah, rather so, than a couple of lines. So this this verse and this, this practice, what this practice reminds us of in these verses for me is that Jesus is 
talking about all these random things because everybody has a, has what I like to call a Sunday school answer. Mm. Is divorce okay? Yes, as long as you give her a certificate. Or should you murder? No. Probably not. Is lust... As long as I don't touch my neighbor's wife, wife, I can I'm, think whatever I want, want to about her, right? right? So how He's far is the line... He's tossing out these quips How far is know. the line before I, I cross right. that line? Like, how close can I get to that line before I cross it? Like, what right. can I get away with? And, and what Jesus is saying is you haven't looked at this deeply enough. You mm. have not looked at this deeply enough. You have not looked at it from... From God's perspective. You haven't looked at it from the perspective of the people you're hurting by doing this. You have not gotten there. So get deeper. We're not going to stay at the surface. Like I also kind of think about how this is like, like the, the, the Sermon on Mount is this big, long, I'm laying out the game plan here, mm. especially for the disciples, right? Who are supposed, you know, supposedly like the setup is that they're right around He's him. climbing companions, as right. uh, Eugene Peterson, Peterson says. Right? And, and he's saying to them, you think you've, you think you've done the work, start again. Go deeper. Go deeper. It's not Go. just about like, don't murder somebody. It's right. about don't hate somebody. Right. And it's, it's about, about don't let anger fester in right. your heart. The idea that um, that you can't walk around with deep resentments to one another and still think you're doing all the right things. Yes. Right? You're not to murder, but you're also to deal with your anger appropriately and honestly. And and that, that murder happens when we do hurtful things to one another, we when sabotaging relationship or poisoning and somebody else's relationship. And plenty of examples of that right? throughout our scriptures. You right. can go back and see how that didn't work out for so, people. Right, right. Or purposely causing someone to suffer. Not yeah. not handy. Not not good. Not, not part of this whole... Or dragging somebody building. into court to see what you can get out of them rather mm-hmm. than to just fix whatever's broken. Right. All of that. Yeah. Treating people like sex objects by picturing what you'd like to do to them instead of allowing them to be a, an entire human being. Right. Like, there's not to be some secret lust driving your life. I like the way that image, right? And that, that if you have a problem with something, and it doesn't just have to be sex. If you have an obsession about uh, earning money or... Pinterest. Pinterest or <laughs> Facebook. Facebook. Get rid of it. Get rid of it or acknowledge it and deal with it and get help. And put some boundaries around it. Right? Yeah. Try it fast. See, yeah. see what happens in your life. Jesus is saying, don't just accept that what is, is... Let's see what else we can do with it. Let's go deeper. And, you know, it's dropping pretense, dealing with real problems, being in community, being honest, straightforward, humble. Uh, Delmer, who brought this example to me, my attention, when I read his commentary in the text, um, he opened it with talking about a song that was sung at his his dad's funeral. And it's a song called Don't Bring Me Flowers. That's a folk song out of the tradition. And it's about the flower service. Oh. And it says, don't wait till I'm dead. To bring me flowers. To bring me flowers. Don't wait till I'm dead and assuage your guilt at us not being in right relationship by putting up a swag. And I think that's a really important piece is that Jesus is talking about this not as some far off thing we do someday. Right. This is something we do now. We do now. I actually had a woman come to me uh, this week who's in the middle of big family crisis, mm-hmm. big family crisis with a parent who has always been very conditional, very angry, cutting mm. this person out of the inheritance and doing it secretly, trying to quote unquote get away with it, you know, and trying to figure out for her, well, if this is the only way that he knows how to express love, then by doing this, he is expressing something else. Right. 
some kind of deep hurt or something, but he's not talking to us about it. Right. And confronting him about it is not going to get us very far because he's not in this place where he's willing right. to do this work. And so for her, it's really about the going deeper part is complex because mm-hmm. it's not just about, oh, I just have I, to... It's not just my decision. Yeah. it's uh, Reconciliation is a mutual process. And so how do you decide... You know, is this a place where I draw a boundary because it's unhealthy and I don't want it in my life? Or is this a place where I decide to forgive and ignore the hurt and pretend like nothing is going on, even though it's costing me, not just financially, but emotionally costing me to do that in order to show kindness to this person? And so, like, this work is really hard. And I don't want people to think like, oh, I just have to, you know, tra-la-la and butterflies and sunshine with everybody. It's really, this is about addressing the pain that we have. That's caused by other people, whether it's intentional or not. And sometimes it is intentional. So the passage for next week is turn the other cheek. Instead of walking I'm sure mile, we'll both have mile. lots to say about that. And I think what we're getting at is that these two things are connected, right? Because Jesus, as my mother would say, she's, she claims she never said this, but my sister and I both quote her. Okay. Jesus called me to follow Jesus, not to be a doormat. Yes. Right. This happens in that context as well. You are a beloved child of God. The other person is a beloved child of God. How can we meet? Yeah. And Jesus says that doesn't happen at the surface. And to not define ourselves by broken relationship, not to define ourselves by the pain that we've experienced, but to define ourselves by the grace that exceeds that pain. Yeah. And that this is a now. I think that sometimes that we, we put it off thinking it will be easier. Ooh. It actually gets harder. And it gets harder. I'm one of those people who needs a little bit of time after something has happened to just kind of process internally and be able to say what I'm feeling. Right. But the immediate hug as soon as some awful news has been delivered to me, not appropriate. Or somebody saying something really awful and then saying, JK, like, sorry, no. Because that actually isn't true. That's not true. And so, like, it takes me a minute to sort of process that before I can come back and say, you know, when you said this, that was really hurtful. And I'm just trying to figure out why you would want to say something like that to me without letting what they have said define who I think of myself as. The idea that the kingdom of God is now. That's what Jesus is talking about in the Sermon on the Mount. He's saying, this is all the evidence. Get on board. Mm-hmm. And so here, here that evidence comes when we engage in ways that our culture says we don't have to. Or that we probably shouldn't some ways. But but when we we enter into this kind of process and when we allow ourselves to be open to it, other people have to make that same choice. Yeah. But it's a now. It's a it's an accepting of the Spirit of God to help us do that. Mm-hmm. And an acknowledgement of Christ loving us and forgiving us enough that we can love others and forgive them too. Yeah. Well, good job. Yeah. Thank um, you. We thank had you. a guest preacher, uh, Ian McDonald from the United Church of Canada. was with us and he talked about faith without limits Mm -hmm. and so it he sort of touched on some of the things that you're talking about but it was really about not not what is the least you can get away with but what is what are you actually recalled to do to live into this and so i really appreciate the flower service i'd never heard of that before yeah yeah i i hadn't either but you know like the image of it is so strong so strong in my head that i'm just like oh I wonder if you could get away with that outside of that very well, particular context. Of course, one of my one of my folks was like, "Let's, Let's do, do that." It. No, uh, so I, I have to figure I, out you how have we to do, do it. a lot of work around that because we're not used to it. It's not yeah. part of our culture, and so there's some appropriation stuff that goes on there. But there's also we don't want this to be a, a one off and yeah, a, yeah. a band aid rather than addressing the broken heart that's beneath yeah. it. You know, yeah. so we're thinking about it. We're thinking about how how I might 
don't do that. So if you have any suggestions out there in the world, let me know. <laughs> yeah, if there's any other versions of this, I think that's always helpful. There's yeah. always the burning ceremony, right? Yeah. Which is the getting rid of particularly X's stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Just burn all this stuff and get rid of it. Um, but, you know, how do you how do you process all those feelings? Well, thank you, Susan. Thank you, Chris. And thanks for listening to the Sunday Morning Sleep-In Podcast. If you have questions for us or stories that relate to the topics we've been discussing today, you can shoot us an email, sundaymorningsleepin at gmail.com. You can find us on sundaymorningsleepin.com, on SoundCloud, on iTunes, Google Play Music, anywhere you get your podcasts. Tell us what you think. Tell us about a time that you've experienced this kind of reconciliation or a time maybe that you wish you had. The scripture today was Matthew 5, 21 to 37. And the theme music that you're hearing right now is Take Me Higher by Jazzer. So at the end of every worship service, we send our folks out with a blessing, with a benediction, a a call to action sometimes. Seek places of being deeper. That you wouldn't uh, give a Sunday school answer when God is calling you to something more. That you might enter in and perhaps find this sort of reconciliation with someone. Perhaps reconcile yourself uh, to someone you can't meet with any longer. Maybe there's a way for you to be present in a deeper way for someone. Try it out. See what uh, God brings as you uh, go deeper. Go. Amen. Mm-hmm.